Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Which they all do because they're Mormons. Gotta reproduce. And that's their job because John Smith said it. That's a song I wrote. Okay. Brooke hates that song. I don't. No, I was I was ready to I was gonna add a verse, but Oh, please do. Uh John Smith feeds his children at a restaurant. He's like, wait, hold on. What's a good place to feed a Mormon family? It's usually a big Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. And actually it's mind. Joseph Smith. John Smith was Pocahontas's boyfriend. Da 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 da. <laughs> And keep in mind, he's got those weird long underwear on, so don't give him anything. <laughs> a little known fact about those secret underwear, it's where you put your secrets. The secrets are written on pieces of paper and sewn into your underwear. So and when you die, <laughs> you go to the gates, you ask a few questions, and those are the answers in your underwear to... Kyle? Take your Kyle. They can't have caffeine. They can't can't have caffeine. They can't have caffeine. They can't have caffeine. But they found a loophole, so they drink Monster Energy. They found a loophole, so they drink Red Bull Energy. And my Mormon cousins come over all the time, and they will drink 12 grape sodas in a sitting. How is that more healthy than one cup of coffee? It doesn't make sense to drink that much till you have Get on your bike and ride. Get on your bike and ride. Knock on the doors. Knock on the doors. When my brother visits our Mormon side of the family, they try and pray a spirit baby into my sister-in-law's womb. It's called spirit babies and it's very scary. They're concerned for us because we don't each have 12 children. Wow. That was good. <laughs> that was special. I hope my Mormon cousins listen in to here, In here, I thought you didn't like my song. Oh, oh man. No, we both come from Mormon stock. Oh. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Side Work, episode two. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. It's been a lovely long week. Uh, since I've seen all my ladies, how are we all doing today? Feels like years. Years, right? Good. Excellent. We had rain, so. Yeah, it, the rains came. The rains came. <laughs> they washed, washed away. I was they, gone for the rains, but delayed in Oakland because of the skid in Burbank. 
Why were you British? Air- oh, oh we're like airplanes. When I travel, that's how I talk. You get oh. way more free stuff. Wow. Hello. Oh, yes, I would. Oh, thank you. And they're like, here's free booze. That doesn't happen. But God, maybe I should try it out. What What was the skid in there Burbank? There was uh, either uh, a, a plane that landed in Burbank, hydroplaned, and did a little skidsies off the main uh, landing strip. Didn't crash. It just kind of went off, and so it delayed everything after it. Got so it. I was Can I say something? Yeah. I don't feel planes should be able to hydroplane. Like you can't do the thing that's in the word. <laughs> like you can't be the thing that's in the word. I bet. Uh, I bet everyone yeah, on that right. flight. Uh, <laughs> I bet everyone on that just flight uh, where we're skidding. Yeah. As well in their oh, in their underwear. Woo. I think one guy was like, "Well, I just didn't know what was going on until I looked up, and we were like in front of a retaining wall." <laughs> Wow. So he didn't really know that God what was bless. happening was not good until he was like, Zero anxiety I, flyer. I have to get up over, way over here. Hmm. Jesus Christ. Anyway, it backed uh, everything up. No, totally. But I, I feel like the rain and the fires and all this stuff has like brought this, obviously, air quality that's total garbage. Jocelyn's, Ruining my face. Yep. Jocelyn's been keeping check, check uh, on air quality. It's awful. And everyone's a little bit sick. We've been playing a game I've been playing a game all week. Game called, uh, am I getting sick? Am I getting sick? <laughs> uh, hey, so, uh, you know, I feel like I sneezed twice and my, my throat's not, it's not quite scratchy. I smoked a bunch of weed and now my throat's scratchy. And am I am I getting sick? <laughs> my arms and my body are sore, but I did go to Pilates, but I'm also shaking. Am I getting sick? I made out with a guy who had a cold, kind of like a chronic cold. And now I kind of feel like uh, my throat's a little scratchy. Am I getting sick? I um, I have a little wheeze when I cough, and it feels like my chest is expanding. I like that cough isn't the qualifier. It's the wheeze in the cough. <laughs> it's the wheeze. In, it That's goes, how you know it's bronchial. I can, I can hear it go. <gasps> Ooh. But also. Am I getting sick? <laughs> We that should say like, hi. We should say hi before because Brooke said hi. No problem. But also Jocelyn Hughes. Hello, I'm here. Ladies. Hi, I'm Kyle June Williams, and I am too here. Hi, Andrea Wallace. Clock it in. Clock it in. <laughs> well, we're excited to come back with another episode this week. Uh, we're going to talk about owners, restaurant owners. What a weird bunch of humans. Oh, boy. Oh, we're going to get into it. But real quick, anyone uh, dine out, have a have a restaurant experience, go good or bad for them this week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joss, Joss is. Yeah, I went to this restaurant that I went. Okay, so they changed the restaurant into just a pizza place. Oh, and Hail, it used to Hail be Mary. Like, kind of be, I don't want to name it. Who cares? Well, it used to be fancy. It used to be this like kind of full service, like very pretentious, like, oh, the broccolini. Would you like the broccolini? Um, and they've changed it into a pizzeria. It seems simple enough. You order at the counter, you sit down, they bring you your food. Well, we ordered at the counter, um, and the guy must have gotten the order wrong, but it they kept, they had this loose salad. So they don't give you numbers or anything. They just start shouting names, and they had a loose salad that they were sh- shouting about for 20 plus minutes. So finally we were like, just give us the, we'll eat the salad. But we had ordered a different salad. So they decided because they gave us this other salad that was obviously didn't have a home, that we had gotten enough salad. (laughs) So we were waiting for this other salad for another like 50 minutes. It would took forever. It was just a very sloppy, like, listen, this isn't that hard. There's only five tables here. First of all, let's work on numbers. But second of all, how many times do you need to shout Lewis 
with a salad before you realize Lewis isn't here, guys. Louis, he gone. He gone. Lewis is gone. When you said loose salad, I thought it was all of the elements separated, and you had to you had to isn't every salad loose if you think of it that way, Kyle? (laughs) It's a very loose food item. Every salad loose. A floozy of a salad. Uh, <laughs> oh, and a chopped salad, biggest slut of all. <laughs> she deserves all over the place. She like, deserves that pepper. Today. I went to Twamek on Thursday, which is fancy. a very fancy restaurant where Ludo is the chef, and it's a um, it's like a six course meal, and you buy a lottery ticket, and you get like so you have to buy it. Basically, you you just tell them what your allergies and and stuff is and then they give you a meal based on that but you don't decide and my control issues are flaring up (laughs) i love that i'm obsessed i like being taken on a journey um it was like the the service was exemplary they were like really on their shit i do have to say though the best thing i ate though was the dinner roll (laughs) A good hey, dinner roll. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. What's second best? Mm. Why do you think people go to Red Lobster for the seafood? Give me I, a break. Cheddar biscuits, baby. <laughs> Those they were like they were like Hawaiian rolls with like like sea salt on top, mm-hmm. and we just kept asking if we could get more rolls Ooh. instead of courses. <laughs> Do they have a nice butter to accompany? No, no. We were supposed to dip them in our um. God, what was it? It was uh. Flan, but it was Mm-mm. smoked yeah. with caviar yeah. on top. Okay, mm, I'm just confused. It was wow. like a bowl. It was like a bowl of um, like medieval cheese. That's what it felt like. like I mean, I, I gotta be honest. Don't need it over here. Yeah. Don't need that. I think yeah. the cheese wheel is what medieval cheese. But I I love that place because they give like. you something to like remember your meal by. So like one a tattoo. Time, yeah, yeah, I got. <laughs> and so, so Ludo is—I've heard that Ludo. name, Chef Ludo. So, is he the owner and the chef? Yes. Well, he's—he I think he's part owner, but he's head chef. Got it. Um, and he's this very attractive Frenchman with. Tattoos. Oh, Ludo! Yes, and yeah, he's been on a lot of billboards here for some reason. I mean, probably because he looks. Like, uh, you know, sort of like uh, the Gerard Butler of the kitchen scene. But his big thing was like, I'm grumpy. I'm, I'm going to yell. I'm a well, yelly guy. That sounds like every chef. <laughs> right. Well, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about them. But speaking of owners, that's uh, I'm glad you just spoke highly of Ludo and his place, which is great because I do think we from this point on out are going to have zero nice things to say about (laughs) restaurant owners in general. Oh boy. Well, you know, we also don't work there, so it's, I'm sure his staff is like, yeah, he's great. You know, I'm every restaurant owner, in my opinion, is a borderline sociopath, whether (laughs) you're a mom and pop place or a corporate, you know, uh, spot or someplace that you're (laughs) celeb and decide to smack your celebrity name onto some, Chicken and waffle joint or something like that. Oh, Nas. But, oh, it really? <laughs> yes. Ah, I just threw that out there. Oh, yeah, Nas owns a chicken and it. waffle place. <laughs> Sweet Chick. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. I've been to Sweet Chick Ooh. in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's a great song. So, you know, I, I don't know. I have to come out of the gates and kind of say that owners are sort of the like the fly in the ointment to every good restaurant because you've got your chef 
your manager who runs that shit, the whole staff who actually knows how the restaurant works from top to bottom, front of house to back of house, and then the fucking owner walks in. And then he's like, hey, what's up, guys? Maybe you shouldn't do it like that. How about we do it like this? And you have to basically humor this dumb fucker who comes off down the mountain <laughs> once a month. Yeah, they're all boner shrinkers. They're such boner shrinkers. They really don't know. They're the money people. They're eclectic in the worst way. That's Good. what I would say. Yeah, that oh, that so, was too kind. It was way book. too kind. But I personally, I, I mean... I, <laughs> It's well, I as you know, I'm scarred still from working in New York City at a vegan restaurant called the Candle Cafe. I'm here to name names today, mm. people. <laughs> uh, Bart and Joy, uh, the owners of the Vegan Candle Cafe, uh, they are literal nightmares through the whole flow of their Upper East Side shrieking, shrew collective of just all these. 100-pound women who would come in and try and eat negative 10 calories somehow and shriek at you would, like, you'd get the whole flow going of your nightmare lunch with the most needy people who were all like, you're my personal assistant for the day, you know? And I'm like, I'm a waitress! God damn it! They'd be like, come back over to my house and help me move a couch. I'm like, I'm (laughs) your waitress! Like, there's nothing that can't be bought with these people, you know? Yeah. And so it's catering to the snobbiest, most wealthy people in the world, and yet these two dipshit owners come in and act like it's a hippie love-in. They'd come down from their office upstairs and with joy in her like flowing robes too many turquoise rings you know what i'm saying like a like a community college art teacher never washed a dish in new mexico oh absolutely not and it'd be lunch chaos and she'd walk in and she'd go whoa whoa I don't like the energy in here right now. And she'd stop me in my tracks as one of two lunch waitresses. She'd be like, everyone time out, time out. Brooke, could you serve everyone a small bowl of brown rice with tahini? It's very grounding and it's complimentary right now. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like really happened? What? Yes. She's like, oh, the energy in here is crazy. Everyone needs to eat a small bowl of brown rice and tahini. (laughs) And I was like, I don't, huh? Like, I'm in the middle of chaos. Like, no concept that you've got everyone at a different step of their meal. I guarantee some of these weirdos don't want to eat any fucking brown rice because they're anorexic and don't eat carbs and whatever (laughs) and would just come in and pull shit like that all day, every day. And because they loved animals so much. But the truth is, the hierarchy was celebrities, then animals, then everyone, neither of those two things. <laughs> so wait, so a celebrity could go to her and, and like order meat and it would be fine? Not meat. It's just their dedication to animals was fully trumped by celebrities Status. eating their 24-7. Oh, 100%. Oh, those two nightmares. I think there's a lot of like couple owners. Because the first restaurant I ever worked in was owned by a couple. And they were swingers. And everybody knew it. And it was, they would come into the bar every night, like all gussied up. And... I was always nervous because I was like 19, 18 and was just like, I think it hit on me. Oh, it hit on me. It hit on me. Because the, the, oh, the dude was like really creepy and really hit on everyone. And they would just get sauced up and way too loose, way too friendly. Like a loose salad. Just like a loose salad. They did would have you, a salad bar. You, would you be offended if he didn't hit on you? What? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> no, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Let me do my job. An old creepy dude. Just like, he had one of those, I don't know, they were really ridiculous. He was wearing like a gross suit and I don't know, it's just not, 
not not a clean feeling around was, those people. What restaurant was this? What were, you, what were you serving? I'm not naming their names. Okay. okay. Right. What, kind, well, what, kind, of, what right. kind of cuisine? What was their specialty? Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, I want this sauce. Can I get it? Do you guys sell the sauce? Cut to the kitchen, them cutting open a can of... Uh, you know like house recipe yes. or whatever exactly. the restaurant brand is sweet yeah. baby james or whatever that yeah no that's actually sweet baby good sweet, oh, that's, you know this was like straight up like heinz generic wow. barbecue sauce i love that they probably would go home and had a hot tub filled with barbecue sauce oh that they would get weird in we get other Ooh. people to get weird in yeah that could be a lie but that was the legend was that they were swingers and you know and would it, would it be a situation where, and we'll get to everyone, like when they came in, suddenly everyone who was working, like your behavior changes because suddenly you're like, oh, we have to do it this way to make them happy even though that's not how the restaurant works. Or what, did they yeah, have a regular I mean, drink that they'd sit down and the bartender oh, would yeah. scramble? For sure, like for sure. To, like get together. Just for the sake of you not naming this restaurant, I'm going to call this restaurant On the Bone. <laughs> <laughs> when you worked at On the Bone, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's another thing about uh, owners is like sometimes when there's two, like maybe there's two dudes or their partners, right. which we worked for, Ugh. one like that. There was always a cool owner, owner, Ooh. and then an owner that was like the maybe the worst human you've ever known in your whole life. <laughs> and <laughs> you still like, have dreams about every once in a while. Oh, you're right over there. <laughs> I just find it hilarious. Oof! Yikes! Oof. Right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I know the cool one. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. He, he wasn't around as much, though. So I think that's how he maintained being yeah. cool. Still. Where was yeah. this? Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> we worked there together. We sure did. I mean, we also... Why are you so scared that these people are going to hear their names oh, named? I'm not. But whatever. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to wage a war with the Candle Cafe. It's time, <laughs> baby. Okay, so the the baby has become contagious. Last episode, I noticed Jocelyn said, baby! Like yeah, baby! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's in my head. I've been saying it all week because it's I listened. <laughs> Very. No, fun. you're not saying because you listen. You're saying it because it's fun and you're you right. know it. Ugh, I have caught the baby bug. <laughs> yeah, baby. Ironically enough, I so I I talked about this on the last episode. I worked at a burger joint, an upscale burger joint in Union Square called Stand, uh -huh. which was taken over by a new owner. His name was Jerry Rosengarden who was walked in and was head to toe in a full leisure suit because he was the creator of the leisure, leisure suit. Oh, cool. He was the inventor. Wow. Um, he changed the name of the restaurant to Stand 4 AM and continuously called me Bebe, <laughs> which mm. made no sense. Hey, Bebe. Hey, Bebe. House, house table 12, Bebe. When he changed the name to like... Stand 4 a.m. Were you like, but we're only open till 10? And he's yes. like, not anymore, baby! Here's a question. Would you be offended he, if he didn't call you baby? <laughs> <laughs> he, what he made us do was he, so he kept the restaurant open at 4 a.m. He made me the cocktail waitress at night. Ooh. He bought me a dress to wear. <gasps> and That's then so what boy. they would, basically what they had to do was we, there was long like leather booth, booths that people could sit in and he would, he flipped them up and had us, um, uh, what's the thing you, uh, cops use as handcuffs, but they're not handcuffs? Zip ties. Yeah. Zip ties, thank you. Um, he made a zip tie the benches together so they became sort of like lounge areas. And we were open with, with sliders and alcoholic milkshakes till 4 a.m. That's a... 
That's a recipe for trouble. But I found a I found a press release. He, he really, oh, please read this. Um, uh, so uh, did you ever wonder who invented the leisure suit and nope. what he's doing now? No. The leisure suit was invented in 1970 by designer Jerry Rosengarten, who is now a real estate developer in New York City. Mm. I'm going to cut down to. Unfortunately, the polyester jacket became known as the sleezer suit <laughs> after second-rate companies started making cheap knockoffs in bizarre colors, including powder blue and mint green. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, the what did he say? Oh, but these days, the 52-year-old developer is also helping draw attention to a mysterious reading disorder called scotopic sensitivity for? syndrome, which makes words looks like look like a jumbled blob. Whoa. So this was the man who owned and operated the restaurant. I this the the Greek owners of a Coney Island I worked at in East Lansing. Oh my god, I still don't know their names, but they were so up their own ass. It was the most amazing thing. Hanging over the kitchen was an oil painting of mom, dad, and their son, who just went by Sparty, which was the name of the restaurant, because <laughs> oh. it was Michigan State University campus. Oh, wow. Spartan, so he was just like, I'm Sparty. And he was the angriest, most dour, horrible person. And just imagine like a place that literally only serves omelets and coney dogs, and an oil painting of his family hanging over the entrance to the kitchen. And he would, when he parked, it, was, it said Sparty's spot, in the parking lot. I mean, I this couldn't be more of a dump. And the way this guy acted, like it was a Four Seasons that he was walking into every day, pressed suit, head to toe, serious cocaine problem, walked in with a leather briefcase, <laughs> wow. which I liked to imagine was filled with raw hot dogs. <laughs> like that that <laughs> was his business that he'd like. And he had, it was like a security number to get into his tiny office that was behind the grill line. Mysteries. And I don't, what the what was Sparty doing? Like, I just imagine him getting back there, like, opening the briefcase. And like, just I see, I see it as massaging. bags of cocaine shaped like hot dogs. You are in the right. briefcase. Yeah. So and then the entire office is just butt. mirrors. Just, it like, was. different places for him to snort off of. But it was a two-way mirror. was his oh office window. Gosh. Okay, oh, my gosh. Okay, that costs a lot of money. Maybe in, this, maybe in the briefcase it was just, like, the last uh, piece of cloth, or, like, of his, his, like, shredded, tattered, like, childhood blankie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is only friend. Oh, that, that took a sweet turn. That took a yeah. sweet sentimental well, turn. Owners don't have friends. Kyle, you want to you want to move into uh, how a lot of restaurant owners are criminals? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, Brooke. Um, yeah, so I had the task of um, talking about how a lot of restaurant owners are criminals. I think I would know because um, uh, part of most of my Part of my family's in jail, and um, <laughs> my uncle was a 98% sure a part of the Florida mafia dealing in yachts. Cool. Um, <laughs> or as they call them in Florida, yachts, baby. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Um, That's but what's one up. famed restaurant owner um, became like an, the national center for the mob in where other than. South Florida. Yeah. Um, and they actually, uh, South Florida was known as sort of the Swiss, the mob, the mafia Switzerland, because it's where both Chicago and New York can could come and uh, get, you know, get in the sun and relax, but they were on non-fighting oh, grounds. On neutral ground. Yeah. On neutral oh, grounds. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. 
which is and, and would they hide their money in yachts? Was that like the Swiss bank? Was I mean, I don't know. My, my uncle was always selling yachts to some uh, Nigerian prince, which literal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there we go. Uh, but there was this. So there's this one. Um, this one guy named uh, Joe Sonkin, and he had this restaurant in Miami called the Go- Gold Coast Restaurant. And basically, what happened was he. Uh, you know, he came to the restaurant every day. Everybody know, knew who Sonkin was. Um, he was, it was a, uh, it was a seafood restaurant and um, he was always checking on his customers. Like he always pulled in the same parking spot. And then all of a sudden one day his uh, blue Oldsmobile drove off of, the, off the street onto a dock and straight into the water. And he could be here. He could be heard screaming from the Oldsmobile, "I can't swim," and he died. I can't swim, baby. <laughs> I can't swim, baby. Um, and he, <laughs> are you lying? guys? Maybe it's better if I do that. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, you're really maybe. Good. Sorry, sorry, I, sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't swim, baby. <laughs> that story did yacht have a good ending? <laughs> Order up. Um, but so once he was killed, it was sort of unearthed that it was because he was a mob boss and sort of was running this mob ring after out of Gold Coast. And um, like he was also he was also a part of the Children's vi- vi- uh, Village of Florida, the Memorial Regional Hospital of Hollywood. Like he did work for the South Florida Wildlife Center. Like he did tons of his name was. Um, he build he built buildings for all these different uh uh like universities around so his name is everywhere in florida which is why i re- like i was like oh i remember that guy I remember that guy he went flying off the end of a duck yeah you think they so they probably uh he was put, trying to go straight <laughs> he was he, they, you know that they put like a block of cement on the accelerator and oh, yeah. tied him up yeah and it just, you have to aim really great to stay on a dock. Right. And he really yeah. could swim. But he, he literally, he they said he flew straight off the dock. <laughs> like Goodfellas movie. You know what I mean? Like you swim with the fishes. Oh That's God. a movie I'd watch. What, what kind of cuisine? I'm always curious. Oh, it was stone crabs, which we, oh, we're known good for. Oh, Florida thing. Yeah, which you know you have to get the bib, you gotta Class. get the crackers, you gotta, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole ordeal. Yeah. The way people slurp Ugh. different crustaceans That's is like a shit. whole. Another like I'll you never. watch you you look at them and you think now I know how you have sex, you know what I mean? Whoa! Like, just like the grossest like I eat mine I'm, with a fork. What do you think that says about my love life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Karen. Karen. We weren't really talking that, about that. that you we were your, talking about the PTA. Oh, and we are talking about and I eat my seafood with a fork. What does that mean, and, Karen? But it's a tiny fork, and you you. The point is you, Still treat, does the job. you treat yourself <laughs> once a year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have your anniversary oysters. Have you know a good night, saying? Karen. Think, all right, so the thing about restaurant owners being criminals, you're dealing with shitloads of cash. Yeah. You're up late at night. There's liquor involved. Yeah. It's kind of just plays into, you know, it all folds into itself. And you always see them doing the drop. You know what I mean? Yeah, where's the liquor like come a, from? Which is a, a, a movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, restaurant owner just got arrested. Do you know the popo? <laughs> They just picked up the owner of Troy's, number six, down the street. 
Aww. No, and you, right. And but then also when you're the owner, you can turn it into your personal fucking nightclub and do crazy oh, shit. Yeah. Like by the way, like your Stanburger guy, like we're open till six a.m. Everyone put on a leisure suit. I say so. Oh yeah, Make there me feel was good. a. Um, I won't. I won't name names, but there was an an athlete who was at the restaurant that I worked at. And he was there very, very late and um, apparently brought all his boys in and they all smoked cigars. Oh, he was like you a champ. I mean? He was the, like the champ. Like the, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing. Like the owners just were like, sure. You know what I mean? Ugh. I feel like it's better when you can name names, but well, I'm, I'm scared. And that'd be a little bit more damning too, than cigars, talking, but yeah, I'll take our, it. These I mean, restaurants are like, they're fronts, right? So people are like, money's being laundered through these facilities as oh, well. Oh, not right? all of them. Not all Some, some. You know, just saying it, it can happen if it's a place that is cash only. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? They're cooking the books. They're moving pounds of black tar heroin through the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sons. Don't open the In Florida, they are. I in worked Florida. at a restaurant that was known as the cocaine hub of the county. Oh. oh. Fancy. Yeah. I didn't know. I was, I'm so naive. I was like, huh? What do you mean? Well, we don't do cocaine. We're very That's proud right. of that. Brooke yeah. and Jocelyn here to say that we've never tried cocaine. Never. Are you serious? Yeah, I've never done it. I worked in restaurants for so long. I'm a stand-up comedian. Yep. I am a unicorn, and so is Jocelyn. Two unicorns, folks. Cool. No desire. <laughs> I know you guys. Well, you know, I saw. You see one health video the where a guy has a heart attack. ponies over here. <laughs> you see one health video where someone has a heart attack after doing a little bit. A little bump of cocaine. If I had a dime for every time I blew coke off of the back of a toilet seat, I'd be a rich woman. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't do that. Much. Whatever. I done coke. It's fine. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. I was just for told. a good reason. We're not saying we're better than you or any. We're not trying to like. You, did. you called yourselves or, uh, unicorns, I and mean, we are broken in ponies. Broken in ponies. I think it's just it's just the fact that I do two of the most drug-addled things yeah. which is working in a restaurant and yeah. also being a comedian like yeah. i just also happen to be a raging hypochondriac right. so you know yeah. i know that i would immediately die after one tootski my yeah. first restaurant boyfriend <laughs> was a complete cokehead and he would like come out of the bathroom i'd be like are you are you in there doing coke and he would have a ring of cocaine around his nose wow I mean, and also, deny no? it if, fully if deny guys, it i feel like you should either call it boogie shuggy Ooh. um as my friend, as my friend Taylor Marshall likes to call it, party favors or China white, China white or the rowdy powder. The rowdy powder. I like. I like the rowdy powder. Mm. I like to f- refer to it as cocaine. Yeah, cocaine's really <laughs> correct. Bad. Just because Cocaine. it sounds more severe, and I, I, you know, it sounds more uh, authoritative, authoritative. But working in restaurants is a, is a real gateway. <laughs> Let's just admit it. It's just like this whole thing. Levels. But that's what goes into the crazy ownership. There's drugs. Mm-hmm. There's booze. It is crazy out there, you guys. So I really wanted to uh, dive in and talk about mom and pop owners today sure. of restaurants. You know, you've got uh, Brooke kind of brought it up when she was talking about the little her little Coney Dog place in Detroit, where you've got. People who are like institutions in the neighborhood who like it's like a family run business and like they've been open since like 1955. Yeah, but it's also the Greeks basically yeah, the Greeks started for sure. Greasy Spoon Diners in yeah. all of Michigan. Where you and get like yeah. delicious breakfast, great burgers, and also Greek food at the same time. And it's yeah, it's Detroit, but it's also there's it's sort of here in LA. It's definitely in Chicago, you know. It's for me in New Orleans. It's like it's like the restaurant in my big fat Greek wedding, right? Like that's kind of very much. You have this whole family, you have like the owners, the whole family uh, 
the mom, like the grandmother maybe owned it, then the parents own it, and then like the kids will own it. And like the kids work there in high school, you know, and it's I feel like I've seen this movie. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> yeah, except except now uh all the stupid millennial kids owning the restaurant don't wanna do the job. Where did this voice come from today? <laughs> Not sure. But I just I find it I find it really interesting. You know, there's also we were talking um about or I was thinking about like really very popular or like tried and true like the most important mama pops like Katz's Deli is one mm-hmm. right is everybody eating there and how so and I'm it's like clockwork I mean these are the institutions where you go and I don't mean the owners they're not the original owners anymore they own it for a hundred years and the owners switched to the good family they friends because they the died. Dells. <laughs> I yeah, just think probably. they decided to like it was a turnkey sale. Uh, <laughs> wow, they're so like nice. you know, there's just brisket in the back up to here. We've known you guys, you're our family friends, our whole lives. So you ready to own our business? Sure, great. But they do keep the original owners behind glass, yeah, in their caskets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just think, mouths I think full of corned beef. Be- the kind of whatever when you when you have a mom and pop and you're an owner you have to be in there all the time and the owners are there like doing everything they're like working the cash register because most mom and pop places don't have pos systems let's like admit it everything's handwritten and there's definitely a crash register so you might see the owner there or the owner in the kitchen like there might be again we talked about like a husband and wife team like going uh like working the whole restaurant for sure i have i did look up um some of the most popular mom and pops um, for from you guys' states you grew up in. Oh. So, Brooke, the Bavarian Inn. Did you ever go to this place? I know damn well what the Bavarian Inn is. Can you explain it to us? It's been a minute. Is that one in Frankenmuth, Michigan? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Attached, it's attached to a, a 365 Christmas shop, right? <laughs> yes, Frankenmuth, Michigan, for those <laughs> not privy uh this this would be a annual voyage where my grandmother and grandfather insisted we went and we would have to get dressed up in our christmas best and do this excruciating 45 minute drive to dinner because frankie moves about 45 minutes not too far outside of troy or not troy excuse me uh flint michigan it's not so far off 75 and it's Christmas year round in Frankenmuth. I love that. This is also where the band Greta Von Fleet is from. The Led Zeppelin ripoff band are from. <laughs> Good to know. They're Fun like fact. they're the most polarizing band in rock music right now because people are like, "Fuck you, you're copying Led Zeppelin." And then, I haven't heard them, but I hate them. Ugh. You but you know it's just so jarring. But you're also like, no one's making music like Led Zeppelin anymore. It's kind of awesome. And they're all like young 20. Anyways, they're from where it's Christmas 365 days a year. It's a weird place. Their reality so, isn't right. Right. So Michigan's not like... So you would go to basically have this like big German sausage and steins of beer yeah, sort of dinner. All the waitresses are wearing drundles, right? Yep. The whole get up. And I hated it because there was nothing for me to eat. And this is when parents would make children behave. Yes. So it was torture. I didn't get Sit a Kindle or an iPhone. You know, they'd give you one stupid placemat with a broken crayon. And they're like, have fun for 90 minutes, asshole. <laughs> you know, and I just I, I just remember this being a yearly voyage to the Bavarian Inn. But I'm sure it's owned by uh, Germans Live Forever. So I'm sure they did manage to be 107 Super years old. Super mom and pop. They probably Franken- owned it And probably Nazis. Frankenmuth yeah. sounds like Whoa. The- Let's be real. Michigan militia, a lot of middle of Michigan, uh, Nazism, white supremacy, bullshit You know more than us about it. That's a fact. Frankenmuth sounds like 
the less fortunate Yeti. What's my What's my mom and pop? Um, Gene yes. and Jude's. Never heard of it. I don't know. Really, it's just <laughs> look. You know, things. Thrillist.com uh, told me to say this from to you. Libertyville. I know it's specifically Libertyville. It's just more statewide, which I know Illinois is a big state. Well, yeah, Libertyville. We got a couple it diners. Is, it is a um, the hot the place to get your the institution to get your hot dog, right? So these like uh, hot dog stands, which I'm sure you had one specifically in Libertyville. Did you no, no, always. Were you your Chicago dog that's been there forever? We get your Maxwell Streets. Like, gotta be honest, parents didn't take us out to eat much because we didn't behave. My mom got <laughs> furious, and my dad was like, "It's a waste of money." Yeah. So we basically, my mom had a rotating um, cast of five dishes that she debuted once a night or once a week, whatever. And we were not allowed, really, to go out to eat. My mom was, just because we were assholes. And my mom was like, I'm not paying for this, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh, do wow. one for Nebraska, if you guys want me yeah, to. Yeah, what's your mom and pop? Uh, and did you eat there? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a steakhouse uh, in Nebraska called The Drover that's in Omaha. And it's great. I mean, Omaha's, like, riddled with steakhouses. You can get primary. But The Drover's just a little bit special. It's, like... All steakhouses, which are kind of slash Italian places in Omaha, you kind of like, they're very mom and pop. Like you kind of step back in time, you know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. And this one is very much like wagon wheels and like whiskey barrels. And it's really dark. And there's like three fireplaces. Um, and like, yeah, the whiskey filet is like the big thing. They have a fucking salad bar. And I'm going to say, say do I love salad, salad or a salad bar. I love a salad bar. I love a salad bar. I love a salad oh, bar. I'm sorry. Anytime that pudding exists on a plate next to lettuce, I have a real problem. I think theirs has pudding. Theirs is like, it's not so much like I mean, that's when you get two an plates. old country buffet salad bar. It's not really like, I mean, I will say cottage cheese is an essential item. <gasps> in a salad bar. Agreed. Go Maybe if the place I ate last week had a salad bar, they wouldn't be walking around screaming for Lewis. Okay, Lewis, that's all I'm gonna say here, guys. Salad, Lewis. <laughs> I feel like cottage cheese is like another form of nog for me. Whoa, oh, really? Whoa, yeah. whoa, Interesting. whoa, that's whoa. a big ballsy statement whoa. you just made. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like in what sense? I mean, that you're like you only can eat, eat it at certain eat. times of the year. Is there a season specifically where you only eat cottage cheese? Yeah, diet, summer diet. You season. are hashtag brave. Okay, to be talking about this right now. I love cottage cheese. <laughs> you like a large curd or a small <sighs> curd? Love. Uh, I like the large curds. Aww. I don't like the small curds. I like to. I like to taste the chunks. You want to so, feel the squeaks between your teeth? Oh, so, right. I do like a cottage cheese. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on record and say I do enjoy a cottage cheese. But the minute you are putting peaches, oh, fruit, what? Oh, you want it savory? I oh, savory, I do baby. like it. Yeah. <sighs> oh no. I. You know what? Here. Here's. I'm I gonna. Know. I'm gonna throw. It started a with pineapples. Oh uh, yes. Because pineapples used to, I used to get really bad headaches. So they were like, try to eat pineapple, make you feel better. And then somebody put it in cottage cheese. They tried it and I was like, Delicious. sweet and safe. Sweet and safe. But here's the thing. Pop here's what in. you can do. Strawberries and avocado on cottage cheese. Go ahead. Try it. Why don't you make sweet that toast to make it famous? That'd be a good toast. My grandmother used to make, she had this turnover, pineapple turnover recipe. And there's cottage cheese in the dough. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I should make that. I'll make it. Ooh, God, that's, that sounds squishy and delicious. It's real good. Moving on. <laughs> but if we're going to talk about like mom and pops that blew up, we should talk about like chain restaurants. McDonald's, right? <laughs> Roy Kroc. Hey, Ray Kroc. Look at that guy. Just poisoning one American at a time. <laughs> Just eat those potatoes that are not supposed to grow and it gets so much 
because they use a special potato. I don't know about this. What? They use a special potato that that is extra long because they want the fries to come out of the container a certain way. Sure. So the way that they grow these potatoes, they have to put so many chemicals on, the farmers won't even go outside. Wow. <gasps> it's like pure poison. No. And then And then they're double fried. Those are my favorite in, fries. In <laughs> oil. And they're coated in beef tallow, which is... Delicious. So they're not and vegetarian? No. Not at all. They've <laughs> oh, never been vegetarian. Oh boy, I have. It's very sad news, but uh, yeah, they're poison sticks. Um, such delicious poison. You know what I like to do? It's like to um, get a McFlurry and I like to dip them in the McFlurry. Oh, sure. That's a good thing. I do the do. Wendy's version. There's a mom and pop yes, place called Burger Bar the, in Roy, Utah, where I grew up when I was a kid, and they would make fresh raspberry shakes with like homemade Ooh. Utah raspberries and then they had their own regular potato fries that were a little soggy and then you would dip those fries into that milkshake and that's like my biggest memory of doing that the sweet my first sweet and salty experience as a child well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> what place is uh, still standing baby it's it's killing me it's killing me so you're not allowed to say surely. baby in Utah also unless you're having a baby well, I wanted to talk about uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about shitty chains that celebrities have invested in because I find it hilarious. Oh, I can't wait. Um, all right, so my my first and foremost, we got we got a guy double dipping. All right, it's our man Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. All right, he owns a host of TGI Fridays and oh. Starbucks oh. locations. Huh. So he's a franchiser. Oh, there's a ton of franchisers. Just wait. Ready? Ugh. We got Drew Brees. Oh, my mom Drew Brees loves is a quarterback. He's okay. incredible. She keeps posting his like sexy he's New football Saints. calendar. No, no, he's uh, no, he <gasps> is he Drew Brees? No, I'm wrong. He's not on the Patriots. No, sweetheart. I don't know the balls that's with foot. Sweetie, okay. that's Tom Brady. Okay, I I'm from I lived in New Orleans. I should know that. <clears throat> Never mind. Edit out. <laughs> Okay, so Drew Brees, listen to this quote. Jimmy Johns, he owns the Jimmy Johns. I miss Jimmy Johns so much from my time in the Midwest, and I thought that it was a great fit for what we're doing in New Orleans. The culinary arts is a big thing down there, so there are great restaurants and great chefs, and so much of the culture is surrounded by food and dining. It's kind of neat to be part of that by owning Jimmy Johns franchises. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you eaten one, sir? Have you eaten one? Well, he misses the Midwest. Uh, he also misses his mom tucking him into bed at night. Oh, you know, my really God. You have the secret ingredient to all Jimmy John's. Also, like, you're mm-hmm. comparing, like, the most delicious, unique culinary seed. Po' boys, muffalettos. Po' boys, like, straight up. To, like, History, trash food for college kids. West Lafayette, Louisiana, or Indiana. Right, right. Yeah. What a simpleton. Um, this is mayonnaise. He but it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of athletes. It's a lot of athletes that you know they make all this money, and people are like, "You need to invest," yes. and they're like, "All right, a franchise it is. What <laughs> shit restaurant can I put my money into?" You need to own a TGI Friday. So, Peyton Manning, who's oh. also an incredible quarterback, for what team is that one? Peyton. Um, Peyton was the Broncos. I think the Broncos. last he retired. Okay. His oh, brother Eli is also a really good quarterback. He I have was been. With the- Indianapolis Colts for most of his career and then retired as a Bronco. I have been to one of his restaurants in um, Louisiana and the entire restaurant is Lazy Boys. Uh, You can sit in Lazy Boys while you eat. This mofo, he purchased 
he invested in 21 Papa John's locations in the Denver area. I don't know if you're familiar with Papa John. Nice. But he's a fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He declined his he he blamed his declining sales for the company on the NFL protests. Mm, yeah. He said that was the reason people weren't eating pizza. But luckily for our man our Peyton, he pulled out of it right before this like kind of blew up Smart. because like Papa John like wouldn't change his stance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't eat Papa also, John. The- and if I mean if you are eating it, you're probably not listening to the podcast. <laughs> but like, do not eat Papa John's. First of all, it's disgusting. But second of all, the guy is a nightmare human. He's terrible. Also, terrible the guy dude. who owns Jimmy John's is a nightmare human. He is a big uh he's like a big game hunter. Like he's like oh, a horrible I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. That so could, don't eat I that mean- either. <laughs> It yeah, is. that's like you got. You He's have a, to really like think about what you spend your money on because uh, these these guys become millionaires and lose their fucking minds. They think yes. they're like invincible. He's like a sloppy. The disgusting. guy's like running around Africa, killing yeah. like hey, endangered hey. animals yeah. and yeah. posing next to them. It's bananas. Wearing a baby elephant for a hat. Like, yeah. what are you doing? But it's okay. So there's like a bunch of them. There's Shaquille O'Neal. He's he's got an auntie. He's got an auntie Annie's or two. He loves what? those pretzels. Oh my god. He doesn't really say no to much. He's got Vena, <laughs> Vena, Venus Williams Jamba Juice. Get into what? it. Oh, those Keep are so healthy. It's no less than a half pound of sugar per. Oh, I know. A sports elixir. But I also the, my favorite thing about celebrities is like so like the whole thing with the owners is like they they're like I'm gonna make money because they're usually re- rich so they're like I'm gonna make money doing a restaurant now I like restaurants but they don't have any understanding of them that oh. happens a lot with celebrities hey Ugh. I like restaurants <laughs> let's let's go through some of the failed <laughs> celebrity restaurants Ooh. eating it one or two okay apparently Steven Spielberg had a restaurant called Dive. D-I-V-E, exclamation point, which was an underground-themed restaurant, submarine-themed. They had gourmet subs. (laughs) Get it? (laughs) Supposedly, he couldn't find anyone to make a good sandwich, so he was like, I'll open this ridiculous thing instead, because I make movies and know a lot about food. Um, There's an environment with computer underwater special effects, catwalks, exposed conduits, Gauges, throttles, control panels, and dives every half hour where sirens and lights go off while commands of dive echo around the dining room. Do you know what year this was open? Uh, no, but I'm um, unfortunately I believe they've closed. Oh. So I feel like that it's like that's it's like, like a the very eighties nostalgia. Oh, no, it was after eighties. I think it was nineties, early two thousands. Okay. Um and then okay, so then my my next runner up is Flava Flav's fried chicken oh. that he opened in Iowa. What time is you it? You know when your name is Flava Flav, it's it's pressure. You're I I feel for him. I feel for him. It um it, it took four months for it to close. <laughs> <laughs> four months that took his not, whole life to did, open. Did the chicken not have much flavor? Flava. Exactly. Too much pressure. Dude, don't don't compete with the Colonel and his eighteen spices. You guys can fact check that real quick. I think it might be more than. Secrets. Spices. So secret. it's secret. So you really don't know. You don't really don't know how many spices. But you guys might remember this one. The Fashion Cafe. Remember yep. that? Yep. What? It was Christy Turlington, Claudia Schiffer, oh Elle McPherson, and Naomi Campbell opened, like the skinniest women in, in the world at the time, opened a cafe all together in New York City. Oh, my God. Backed by some of these these models. And they had they came in and they were like, the food isn't that bad. 
actually. But like the critic was like, I don't want to be surrounded by these waif thin nightmares. Right, right. Like, like, can I offer a, a so wait, digestif? Was, those things, say, those things don't make sense. But that was like during the time of like Planet Hollywood and stuff when that was yes, all going. That down, was right? that was riding the coattails of well, the that's, old. That's when you're like, I just can't choke down a steak unless Bruce Willis is blowing his horn. Right, right. I, Wailing I, on a sax. My dad had a themed restaurant. <laughs> We keep learning so much about your family, Kyle. Called the Sci-Fi Cafe. Whoa. Um, and it was all science fiction uh, themed. And it never actually came to full fruition. But we he had a giant alien head that was literally um, like eight feet tall put on the side, the front of our house. Um, was it, did it say, our coffee is out of this world? No, it just was oh. an alien head. It said and nothing at all. But it was like he want, he needed a place to put it, so he hung it on the front of our house. I like that, like, right now, too, the genre of sci-fi is, like, really expanded beyond aliens. You know, it's like oh, Black yeah. Mirror, Handmaid's Tale. Oh, like, yeah. what would those menu items be oh, like? Jesus. Blessed be the fruit plate. It's, it's like, eat your chicken so you can... Be preg- impregnated, bitch. Well, I'd just be like, the menu would just have, like, pictures, like, the cartoon versions of a food. You wouldn't be able to read it. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed to read. Right, right. That's right. Gilead. But the number one, the number one that I was not aware of, that I'm so happy uh-huh. that I was made aware of, was Pasta Mania! <laughs> um, Hulk Hogan oh, yeah, oh. opened a restaurant in, in the Mall of America in 1995 <gasps> called Pasta uh, ads showed him decked out in yellow with a chef's hat holding a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> and despite amazing menu options like Hulk Aroos, which they don't tell you what that is what on the is internet. No. All I want to know is what kangaroo? a Hulk Aroo is. <laughs> but yeah, they had those like crazy things. It closed very quickly. Um, it was within a year, I believe, was the Hulk Amena Pasta Mania. They had a dish where you actually had to tear open a small yellow shirt to get to your food. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the it possibilities. I will say thing. about being an owner or like being, I think it's 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 a real, let's, I don't want to say die, but it's a real risk to like be in a position to be like, I think I'm going to invest in like open a restaurant. Like you, Brooke, yourself I know, I know. thought about I've, it for I've, a while. I mean, I don't have the capital to do it. Yeah. I mean, like I've thought of it, but you literally start to think of the never ending nightmare of how you're going to be tied to this restaurant. And even when you're doing a good thing and it's a great restaurant, you don't get to leave ever until it's doing well. And then I think that is what turns you into the monster that we've all had to work for. You know, so it's like you've got the people who are doing it right where it's their baby. Everything's riding on it. So they turn into monsters because it's so fucking stressful. Or you have the nightmare owners who have the money and then they come in to ruin the flow of the restaurant that's doing fine without them ever being there. So probably have never waited a table in their never. life. No. Never. You think Hulk, Hulk Hogan's waited a table? No. Oh, fresh out of hip hop dance class. <laughs> And some of you guys may know her as your local waitress in New York City, uh, one of multiple jobs. Um, please welcome to the podcast side work right now, Mara Heron, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> yes, uh, I did work 27 different waitressing jobs in New York City. So I think that gets I'm a... I'm sure they saw... <laughs> that gets a order yeah. up. It was it was a record. I can't even remember all the places, but yeah, it was definitely up to twenty seven okay. at one point. If 
you were to try right now, if I just said, I'm going to set a timer and you're just going to try and name some names, are you up to that challenge? Sure. Okay. Let yeah. me give you a second. I'm going to okay. give you 30 seconds on the clock and see what you can possibly mention starting now. Justin's American or Americana, I think. Uh, Rue 57, Ruby Foos, <laughs> 235th Avenue, Fred's. Oh, fuck. What was that bar on the Upper East Side? God, I'm sorry. That That's all I can remember. And right this now. is like these okay. like uptown, downtown, you name it. I, I've been there. Yeah. And this is okay. So she named <laughs> like six. six. There's Six. 21 I can't think of. Exactly. 21 she can't think of. Um, and why? Why is that? Was I blocked them out. You blocked them out. Fair yeah. enough. So over the course of your tenure, whether um, growing up in SoCal or then your big 13-year stint in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, how long of that were you consistently or at least on and off uh, an actual waitress or bartender or cocktail server? I would say for the first four years, I, I mean, I had about 20 jobs in four years. And then I started doing real estate. And because I, I, I realized that I could get fired and hired in the same day. I remember I was fired. It was a mass firing at Ruby Foo's. Like a bunch of us uh, cheated on these like guest cards that you're supposed to give out to your guests for them to sign up for a mailing list. And we all cheated and just wrote fake emails. So they took us down to corporate on a Monday morning and 13 of us were fired. <laughs> I went home took bong loads and got a job that afternoon at Rue 57. And I was like, <laughs> wow, this, this is a challenging, challenging, the best in the brightest only. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, and then I, I did real estate. I was like renting apartments and the market crashed in 2008, 2009. So I was forced back to serving again, waitressing again. And that's when I got a job at 235th Avenue, which was like this rooftop bar. They had a bunch of 22 to 24-year-old size 2 chicks. And they were so desperate because it got warm in New York in April early. They weren't ready to open. <laughs> so they hired me based on my headshot. I got there. The owner was like, you 29-year-old control top pantyhose wearing <laughs> size 10. Like, you do not fit in here. It was a giant <laughs> rooftop. They were like, you'll be working downstairs. I'm like, inside? But there's, like, a 300-person seat upstairs. Like, it was really humiliating but I stayed I stayed there for like four or five months and then I just you know I did like a couple like probably three or four more stints during that time uh, waitressing until I went back to real estate but it was uh all in yeah. what, what do you think if you, if you did the math a couple months at a time oh yeah a couple months at a time the longest the course of how many years do you think oh I would say 10 probably okay. yeah yeah maybe 10 8 to 10 yeah, that's solid. Yeah. Now, I want to double back to um, the phenomenon, which I think is a little more of a coastal thing. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, having to bring in a headshot to be hired as a waitress. Yeah, that's big here in L.A. Um, in well, this was New York, too, though. And this was in New York. Yeah, but they wanted, I mean, 
you should have seen what these fucking chicks would wear on the rooftop. Like, I'm telling you, six-inch heels, mini skirts, like, little string tank tops, and the way they would, like, flirt with customers and just... It, it was so fucking gross because it was just all kind of, like, businessmen that would come... Mm-hmm to this rooftop and just like grope on the girls. And I was like way older. Of course, my headshot was totally retouched. They were like, <laughs> what? You know, I get there. He's like, uh, nobody has lines on their face on stuff like you do. He's, he's, um, he's, he's like, uh, nice 10 year old headshot. We don't right. hire. <laughs> right. We don't like, hire grizzled. Okay, listen, central casting isn't looking for someone who's got a story. Right, but that's right. not illegal. Is it illegal to ask for a headshot? Well, it's total discrimination in many ways, but I guess it's no. It's discrimination if you if they fire you for a specific reason. Right, right. But the hiring practices are totally allowed to be discriminatory. There's one clause. Yeah. That, what is it? Twin Peaks. This like chain where like it's kind of like a the where women are. It's like a Hooters, right? But it's like called Twin Peaks. It's kind oh, of like Hooters. And there you're technically hired on as a performer. So you have to like meet us. You have to have a chance to headshot. And if you like gain weight or anything, they're legally allowed to fire you. That's what wow. Hooters does too. That's what, or uh, they used to anyway. That's how they if can you, only hire skinny, blonde, yeah. big tit women. Right, was right. They're entertainers. Not, yeah, the yeah. minute any pound. <laughs> yeah. Holy it's, shit. It's yeah, not the I environment. Agree. I would like rather be dressed like a man like at Rue 57 they had us in like bow tie vest, men's <laughs> shirt, you know, <laughs> men's apron I and I would like imagine you like really baggy clothes like you're a kid, like you're like oh, oh. like playing dress up. At- yeah, I mean the costuming at some of these jobs. Like I remember your job at James when you could you could wear what you wanted, right? I was I was again a trailblazer. I was there right at the cusp of when restaurants would allow you to be an individual. Mm-hmm. You know, the only code was that it was like, hey, listen, we have a little bit of like a color spectrum. You know, right. like it'd be nice if things are kind of like charcoals and burgundies and navies and blacks. Yeah. And if you're going to wear jeans to work, they have to be a dark denim. But other than that, wear a beautiful, cute dress and heels to weigh tables in if you want to. You know, and just like, please look nice. But like you get, and it was just like, oh, what? Like I had never had the opportunity to actually, like the The pressure to look cool for work versus Mm -hmm. being like, ah, let me put on the fucking white catering shirt. Right. And or just all black. Like, totally. I, I just, yeah, you know, sure. like if you don't have a pair of black slacks, you're fucked. Yeah. This whole phenomenon, though, of like going, going in for a job and it would be like a casting call in mm-hmm. New York. Cause when mm-hmm. I first moved there, it would be like open call for all actors, you know, cause that's what you do, uh, is you wait tables yeah. instead of act. And, right. um, this idea that you had to look the part, I was so beyond jarred. I was like, I can't, like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I'm from the Midwest, you know, and like, I look like I should be slinging food at a place called Hambones, you know, and it's right. just <laughs> literally like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wrap my mind around that. But that's also who I am. Yeah. I absolutely never got into waitressing thinking my 
feminine wiles would win me any favors. I'm just like, I'm going to bring you your bowl of macaroni and cheese and please pay the gratuity. That's the extent of it. So that was mind-blowing that you could kind of use sex to sell because I never was given that opportunity. No, definitely not. And I feel like, you know, in terms of those sorts of jobs, like they always end up being like when, when you're going in based on your image, based on how you look, like there's always a perverted managing staff, you know, like I've seen so many other girls like just be groped, you know, by, by the managers or just a little, I was always so like, yeah, how are you? Don't touch me, (laughs) get away from me. Like I, I was, I, I don't know. I never really had, any of that <laughs> happened to me just because I, I think I have like an aversion to touch, oh, like just yeah. in general. <laughs> so, um, but so yeah, I never, but it, it was, yeah, I, I just know there's so many managers, just perverted, perverted managers. They just love watching the young girls walk around and do whatever they want, you know? Well, yeah. Okay, so I, I do have to ask. So like now it's very clear that you didn't let people uh, touch you. Do you want your beer? Oh, Enjoy. I was like, yeah. I need to remind you to yeah. drink up, drink up, sweet yeah. cheeks. Well, um, this podcast is gonna get easier and funnier the more you have to drink. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of, someone go f- where Andrea go refill my wine. Okay, she's producing, which so means I'll keeping side my- produce more wine. Side produce oh, more nice. wine. Okay, there's wine too, but <laughs> okay. I probably drank all of it. Okay, so Mara, it's very clear. Yeah. That uh, just in general, you were like not not having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no one's gonna touch me, and no. they're gonna get a better service experience out of me. But aside from that, yeah, with the hands off clause that you made very mm-hmm. clear, did you think you were good at your job? Um, it depends how high I was. I just never really gave a fuck about. It. I think I was good because I, I was good for the first month, and then I'd be <laughs> just over it, like over Checked the out. staff. Checked well, clearly, because you yeah. knew you would just go get another job the same afternoon, right. I guess. exactly. They were disposable to me, so I never took them seriously. And, you know, the thing about serving is, because I'm like, how did I end up doing that? Like, I graduated from college. You get a serving job because you think it's all going to work out. You're like, well, I'm going to be plucked out of this <laughs> yeah. to stardom. I mean, <laughs> so I'll do this for however long. And then all of a sudden, the years go by, the jobs <laughs> go by, and you're like, Holy fuck, I have no valuable job experience (laughs) beyond serving drinks. Like, (laughs) this is... So, yeah, I mean, I... See, that's funny. You you are talking to, like, all of us um, who are hosting the podcast right now, we all went around and were full on... We agreed, like, we were all passionate about our jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We stuck with shit, like, for years. We strived to be amazing at the job and we all sort of secretly love it and miss it. And I know you're looking at me like we're fucking My mouth is dropped. I, yeah, I feel the exact opposite. (laughs) I want nothing to do with it. I would not serve a drink no matter how much I was paid. Like bartending is even worse too because you're stuck behind that bar and all those fucking regulars and drunk asshole, like... People are just talking. You can't run away. Whereas serving, you know, you serve a drink and someone's trying to talk. Like you can get the hell right. away from it. But no, 
No, God, no, I don't miss it. I feel bad, like, when I'm at a restaurant. But, you know, I guess some people enjoy it, and there's not... I think it was just I had so many of them that I just never took it. You know, Mara, you never let anyone get in. You really ne- no. le- ne- never let anyone get in. <laughs> no, and I got to work on that. Not Mara Heron. <laughs> and when I quit my first job, the Justins, um, and that was the longest serving job that I ever had in New York. It Three was, months. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> I like, it was about four so months. Much. But he, I was, I felt so bad because I had never quit a job before. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to leave. And he goes, get the hell out of here. You're a number. You are nothing but a number That's to almost me. like it sets your mentality for it the rest of the time. It set my mentality for the rest that's, of the time. I that's what like, happened to you, Mara. That, right. that is the moment that the trauma hit. Yeah. And that just absolutely colored your entire worldview about being a cog in the fucking serving yeah, machine. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, then I'll just treat this shit like their numbers. And wow. And if I don't like it, I'll leave and move on. So please describe the owner of your first uh, waiting well, job. You have to understand, I, since 1996, um, I think that's when Ready to Die, Notorious B.I.G.'s album came out. It was probably, I was actually before that was actually before anyway i've been obsessed with hip-hop since i was 15 years old and i in college went to hard knock life tour up in smoke tour doctor like i had i I was obsessed with everything hip-hop you know east coast and west coast so i knew justin's p diddy's restaurant existed in new york and i when i moved there I set my sights on getting a job there. So that was the owner. New it was York. P- exactly, exactly. And I moved, like, to, I was on 18th Street, and Justin's was on 21st Street. So I walked over there, you know, one day in the afternoon and walked in. And it hadn't opened yet or anything, but the bartender, Vic, was there. And I came in, and I was like, hi, um, I was just wondering if you got... He's like, do you know where you're at? And I'm like, no, I've totally played dumb. I'm like, no, I have no idea. He's like, this is Pete Diddy's restaurant. I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? You know, so I gave my application, and I remember I have, like, a diary entry that's like, oh, my gosh, I made such a fool of myself in front of Vic at Justin's today. The day later, he called me. He's like, yeah, you the white girl that came in yesterday? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, we're going to try you. We're going to try you. So I came in, and I was not only the only white girl on staff. I was the only white person, like, is bartender, server. And it was a dream come so true. So it was heaven a dream come true. And I have a very specific question. Were you, instead of going by Mara at the time, were you referring to yourself as Martina, as you used to? I've never referred to myself as Martina. In my life? What do you mean? When? When did I you refer have, to you myself? Have jo- you have jokes about being calling yourself Martina. Oh, you mean you mean? Uh, I think I did during that time. Yeah, thank a you, Mara. I know I'm you. I'm sorry. I told. I think I. She blocks a lot. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! How about put down the blondes, lady friend? Yeah. I know you very well. I know. I did. Oh my God. Were I you totally going by Martina to have more flavor? My ex-boyfriend Larry met me as Martina. You know <laughs> oh, what it was? Thank you. Oh my thank God. Thank you, bro. everybody. Fuck. 
I totally, yes. Oh my God. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I did refer to myself as Martina, but at that point, like I still had blonde hair. Like I was, <laughs> you, there was nothing you're, Latina you know, about What me. I love about you is like you do, but you know, all, all of our, all of our girlfriends, like all of our black girlfriends are like, they are literally like, I love Mara. Sometimes I forget she's not black. They literally, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's really funny. You are a little, you're a little ethnically ambiguous, well, even with blonde you. hair. And I know yeah. that you take that as a high compliment. Yeah. Um, I remember my first night waitressing at Justin's, like they had a live DJ there and the whole place was like going off. And I remember Nas's Made You Look, the song came on and everyone was just like bopping their heads. And I just looked around and I was like, I love black people. <laughs> like this is the most beautiful sight I have ever seen. I was so happy to be there. Like, so happy to just be immersed because like celebrities would come in and stuff like that and they were all like hip-hop celebrities and things like that so i was like a pig in shit <laughs> i loved it there until it got <laughs> bad until so, i did sorry it about that. Yeah. i mean like so this sounds like first job ever you fucking got the part it's not oh, even yeah. a job you got the part i was so Mara. excited and then yeah. like what happened well Every meal that was ever served was turned back to the kitchen. So when you when I was served, like it, the food was awful. So it was <sighs> always like a turn. You know, can you describe yeah, on, yeah, customers? Describe the cuisine. Yeah, I mean, it was the, there was a variety, but it was like Southern home mm -hmm, cooking, mm -hmm. like a lot of like I think like his grandmother's recipes and things like that. So there were there was like fried chicken or steak and. Uh, mac and cheese. They had an amazing red velvet cake. That was like the one thing that never was returned. But it was, you know, in collard greens and chitlins and everything. The whole thing. Yeah, but, the whole But nine there's yards. a chance that maybe his either his grandmother wasn't that good of a cook, no, or they just hired total the turnaround. The turnaround it was like of there was chefs a new they could chef never figure out. Yeah, so I'm never hating on anyone's grandmother, but no, no. okay, got it. The turnaround was yeah. insane. Mm -hmm. For yeah. people cooking the food. Yeah. And this guy, Alonzo, he was like 10 years older than me. I think he just like developed like a crush on me and lured me in by saying he had a fat blunt. And um, I smoked it with him before a shift one day. And um, it was like a brunch. And I, I'm not kidding you. Like, I, I had never been that high in my entire <laughs> no. life. Like, things were swaying around. I so I had this tray of drinks and I walked up to a table like they had just gotten out of church. It was like this beautiful, like well to do black family. And I walked up and I just knocked over and the entire tray <gasps> sprayed everywhere like glass was all over. The father was just like soaked in drinks. It was Oh my, it was the most humiliating moment. And the, like all the, the, like the staff and the, the managers came over. He was like, just get out, just get the fuck out of here. What the hell's wrong with you? Are you high? And I couldn't even, like, I couldn't form a <laughs> sense. I was just staring. I didn't even react. Like I, I just stood there like a statue after it happened, but 
It just got it got worse and worse. <laughs> like that wasn't you weren't fired then. Like no. you came back to work. No, after I wasn't that? fired. But they would do like you know I I would think I'd see P like I was gonna see P Diddy eventually, and I never I never saw him. Like I would just be like forced to clean up puke on the way to the restroom. Like when they'd have an after party, I got like they were slowly trying to get me out of there, <laughs> like giving me worse and worse shifts. <laughs> when you've got like the mop and bucket duty, you're like, have I been? bump down the ladder yeah yeah. just making like you know $20 a shift or something like that and that's when I'm like I have to get out of here and I felt so apologetic so I know that you didn't get to encounter Diddy uh like personally you would always catch the tail end of a party yeah or if was he ever in the house without you getting to see him like what would what would change when the owner showed up everybody would just like flip out i mean it was like it it would change from like this wild ass fucking restaurant to like everyone was just straight in line we have to like get things you know set and i it just turned into more of like a functioning restaurant i mean it's closed now so yeah yeah, it closed shortly after what attracted you to did, did you have a real sense of what it takes to serve people no, 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 I just, no, not at all. I just thought, you know, I'm gra- I graduated college. I'm All I knew was I'm moving to New York City and everything's going to work out. Aww, so and you're just like stuck waiting tables with the rest of the assholes right. when you were supposed to be. Exactly. So, and, well, and you always think that you're going to audition, audition mm-hmm. during the day. And, but then you wait tables, you get drunk. You know, with your coworkers after the shift or whatever. Oh, yeah. You're hungover. You sleep till 11. You go work out or something like that. And then you're back on the shift Absolutely. at, you know, 2.30 or 3 doing side work before the shift again. See, because now so it's an ugly cycle. Totally cycle. Because now, yeah. like, you know, cycle. I know you as someone who's been out of that for a long time. And, like, you yeah. are a morning person, Mara. Oh, I yeah. can't even imagine you. And it's so anti-Mara. That lifestyle is totally. not you. That is another reason that I I couldn't do it anymore because I am. I am a morning person. I love the mornings. I'm in bed by 10 nightly, <laughs> and I like it that way. And having to stay up till 11 or even if, like, in New York, you know, the bars don't close till 4 a.m., so you have to, you know, stay up and be drunk and do coke and all those things. You just have to. <laughs> I'm going to make a little bit of a prediction since you seem to be a little bit of a fuck you, uh, no call, no show sort of Mm -hmm. waitress. Did you ever get stuck on a holiday shift and actually show up for it? Uh, Yes. Actually, there was an Italian restaurant. I'll never forget. uh, I think it was Christmas 2010 was one of the worst. We knew each other nights of my life i was living on 72nd in columbus working at this italian restaurant i think on 78th in amsterdam they're no longer open um and i waited tables on christmas eve night in the pouring snow i Pour, made pouring snow describe what is pouring snow or whatever wet snow like, heavy, wet heavy heavy, like, heavy okay. snow got it had one table made $13, walked home in the snow, bawling my eyes out. Like just also the fact that I hadn't spent Christmas with family, like that I chose to stay in New York so that I could make money. That's in quotes. Made $13, walked home in the pouring snow and ate 
got home and ate baby carrots and had a Bud Light and just cried <laughs> myself to sleep. I will never forget that night. It was awful. Like, <laughs> that Aww. was a real low point for Mardog. Real, Mar real dog. low point. Yeah. Oh, you were going up by Mardog at that point? Yeah, I think so. So she went yeah, from Martina G's. to Mardog <laughs> with double G, and then now she's just Mara Heron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's a real ditty story, <laughs> if you will. On our little podcast here, we like to do a segment with all of us hosts and our guests called Here's a Tip, and just wonder if you have a just a fun little non sequitur sort of tip to offer our listeners. I would say get the drinks to the table as soon as possible. And then when they want to get the fuck out of there, get the check to the table. But in between, get drunk. <laughs> Those are the three steps to yes. being a successful waiter. And everybody's so lucky now because they get to vape in the bathroom. And I didn't have that. <gasps> yeah. So funny to be that's such a funny mentality to have to be like, servers can get like super high and fucked up like so much easier now than they could when I waited tables. That's God. bullshit. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Lucky them. Lucky them. You could do edibles too, I suppose. Yeah. Those edibles I have a problem with. I yeah. can't, you can't control. So it's a lot of that swaying. <laughs> you have mentality. A, it's a, like a Justin's moment. It's a yeah. lot of dropping a whole tray of uh, mixed drinks onto a lovely family fresh out of church. Yep. Yeah. Sounds terrible. <laughs> Mara, thank you so much for talking to Andrew and I. Absolutely. I'm and, happy to be here. And I hope life does not take you down a road where you ever have to wait tables again. Me oh, either. God, ditto. Oh, my gosh. So it was awesome to talk with Mara Heron. She's a ridiculous human being. She's the best. We love her so much. So we're just going to go ahead and end this episode once again with our weekly segment called uh, Here's a Tip. Anyone care to start? Andrea, how are we doing? Oh, I got a good tip. Uh, I did some traveling this week. And if you're like me, you've been completely spoiled by your squatty potty at home. Uh, Pause. For people who don't know what a squatty potty is or use one. Uh, it's it's a bench you put your legs up on when you poop. So it's your easier feet. to poop. Or, yeah, your Legs feet. is yeah, a little. Sorry. Yeah. A squatty potty is it's a Graphic. bench that you, you put your feet up on uh, to poop more efficiently. Um, so you're, you know, you're, so you're in more of a natural squatting position much, as God Jocelyn. intended. There we go. So I was traveling this week. Uh, and you know, when you travel all day, you got to do what you do at an airport. So I had to, I had to go to the bathroom and I had to squat for the poop. And then I was like, Oh, I hate not having my squatty potty. And I looked at my carry on suitcase oh, and India. I put my feet right up on my carry on suitcase wow. and, and it worked perfectly. And yeah. life was good. I was also going to say you could take God a little Amazon So boxes. in a pinch, those of you who are used to putting your feet up when you have to deuce, maybe use what you got, which is a carry-on suitcase. And All right. Well, that's fun. It was like a se it was like a blended segment called like, here's a tip and TMI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> TMI tippage. Yeah, so funny. Oh, well, on that note a little bit too, here's a, here's a tip, you guys. Um, sometimes when you are looking after your roommate's dog, uh, he, she, like, here's the thing. Dogs look adorable. <laughs> Kyle, I know. Okay. So sometimes when you're looking after Kyle's dog, Ziggy, uh, Ziggy is so cute. He has been wearing, it's been very cold. So he's been wearing sweatshirts all week and uh lesson learned when you don't roll up his sweatshirt in enough time, home, homeboy pees and poops right in that sweatshirt. And you create a pile of laundry uh, for Kyle. Cause I didn't fucking do it. I was like, here, your dog shit himself again. Go take care of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> your dog sweated. Your dog shit his sweatshirt. Aww, it's a very buddy. personalized, centralized yeah. tip. No, I know, but okay, just remember if you are dressing your boy dogs in cute little sweatshirts and sweaters, oh, girl dogs, and girl dogs too. Whatever is going on with Ziggy, I feel so bad. Those sweatshirts well, are so long on yeah, him. He's so short. He's like it's a little true. accordion. He's just like smooshed together. But either like cut out a little patch for their tiny little dongs and then, uh, you know, or like a poop hole. Sure. You know. So anyways, I feel bad. We soiled a couple good dog sweatshirts this week. So there's a tip. Roll it up. Two poop tips so far. Mm. Oh, mine's not poop related. I hope that's all right. Guys, it's fine. Just it's fine. Go ahead and tell me your tip. I went to a strip club at uh, 6.30 p.m. last night for a birthday, and I got to tell you what, great time to go to a strip club. Oh. Highly recommend. We had room to move. Strippers came right up and chatted. We connected. It felt like I knew them more. You know, the the early female. bird special? Of- there was a happy hour at Jumbo's. Um, oh, and so you were going oh. to see the, the ladies. Yeah. I still oh, haven't yeah. been there. Oh, no, I don't want a dick wagging no. in my face at all, ever. Oh, yeah. I will never go to a male strip club. Uh-uh. Never. Well, you didn't grow up in Florida, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, def- no, definitely not. But um, that's my tip. Go to a strip club for their happy hour, and you'll be a happy person. <laughs> Perfect. My tip is uh, that I have started using Sovereign Silver Nasal Spray, mm. which is a natural product. You can get it at a, like a home, a whole, oh God, I combined it, home goods and whole foods. <laughs> I want to go there. God, home foods. Whole goods. Whole goods. Oh. Uh, yeah, you can go to any sort of natural uh, store where they would sell products and it has been a game changer because Afrin and all those other ones you can get have steroids in it and they're Make really it addictive. addictive. Yeah. yeah. But Sovereign, and it makes me feel like I'm, you know, shooting myself up with, like, you know, some richness. I think she means cocaine, Brooke. She I'm not sure because we've never know, done it. But I, I think it's say. cocaine. <laughs> she, you blow out your, your nasal passage with all that um, <clears throat> silver, Kyle. Well, actually, cocaine <laughs> stuffs you up. So it's the opposite of cocaine she's talking about. Yeah. Guess we're going to have to do some cocaine and verify this, Jocelyn. <laughs> or we could just keep not knowing about cocaine. Yeah, right? you guys are okay. High five. Okay.